Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome into the Letterman Lounge in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. The sun is still shining again this week. Another win for Ohio State. We don't have to break it back down, although I don't know how great everyone feels about it. This is Roosters. This is a fun, casual conversation, and it's Letterman Live. Ohio State won 41-20. Just a three-touchdown, comfortable win. <laughs> yeah, comfortable. Yeah, Justin Zwick, Nicole Cox, Bobby Carpenter. We got Spencer Holbrook in the building this week. I am If off that's board. comfort, you might be a sadist. <laughs> well, you know, I did not feel very comfortable writing about that game. I had to wait. I've, I've been waiting... I've got my go-to move of posting snap judgments at halftime when Ohio State is just blowing the doors off people. I haven't done that in a very long time, and it's got me pretty antsy. A seven-point game late into the fourth quarter against Tulsa was not what any of us predicted. And I, I, I get it that there are things that we could look at and say there was progress or efforts being made to fix the defense or this, that, and the other. But I, I don't know how comfortable the Woody Hayes Athletic Center is still this week after what happened against Tulsa. Well, Austin, the best part about being 2-1 and one is a chance to go 3-1. and one. Is that how that goes? You can really kind of make it work say. however you want. <laughs> you can fill those blanks in with whatever you want. 3-0, and 4-0, 2-1, 3-1. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all relative, I guess, to what you're working with. <laughs> I guess last week, I wish Mr. Tyvis was back here as he was just biting my head off. As I was saying, like, there needs to be better, better play from the quarterback position. Now, we found out that CJ's dealing with a, sh- a shoulder injury, which is real, and he acknowledged that. Ryan talked about it. He talked, says it's painful to throw a football. And so, okay, now we start to understand maybe why some of the balls are sailing. It doesn't look quite as good as you would have liked. What do we have, like 185 yards passing? I mean, it wasn't, wasn't great. And so if we're going to say last week when you're passing for, you know, 450 or whatever it is, hey, that's awesome. Well, then this week's great. I tried to say yards don't matter. Points do. So I'm going to say the same thing for the defense. I mean, you don't want to give up 500 yards, but I'd much rather give up 500 yards and 20 points than give up like 250 yards and give up 35 points. So they did it. They did what they needed to do on defense. I feel like the defense improved in some areas. There's still some things, quarterback pressures, stopping the run a little bit better. You don't really know because Tulsa wasn't trying to run it. There was some positive signs from the defensive backs. Don't like when I'm seeing a bunch and they're playing press coverage with the point receiver, and the defensive back cannot retreat and then cut everybody else off. That's just selfish play, all right? That's literally selfish play. It's like you opening the car door for your friend and then driving away. Like, hey, <laughs> come on. Oh, here we go. I, th- I think I'm going to help you out, but I'm not really going to. I'm going to drive away. He backed up. He cut off the inside corner. I'm like, I can't even blame this guy. You didn't even try to stay. Your job is to hold the point and not let him get downfield so you can't cut off your buddies who are trying to do a more difficult job of playing off the ball and figuring out who these receivers are and where they're going to go. And so there's some of that stuff, and people get, well, that's coaching. No, I've watched them coach how to do it. That's why they play so many guys. Hey, you're not doing what you're told. Out. Next guy in. We'll find a guy who will do what they're told. And that's part of it. Like You can only play the players on your roster and you can coach them up, but if they still choose not to do it, the only recourse you have is to take them out and to try to see if there's someone else. So we need to get more pressure and more blitzing. 
be more decisive, I think, in the running game. There's still some times where things got creased, and I'm watching, you know, Cody and Tommy and those guys. You know, they're doing fitting. It's like, just go. Yeah. Just go. Clean the picture up for everybody else. Sometimes we're more worried about being right than we are about being aggressive. And it's tough because the defensive line gets cut out of some gaps, and there's some different things. But we've got to get that shirt up, up front like, hey, be where you're supposed to be. Forget about making the plays. Just be where you're supposed to be, and you guys are all good enough that someone will make the play. We so, talked about that last week. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk probably about that, Nicole, for a long <laughs> yes. time. Okay? In the next I, few weeks, Cameron. Nicole, I, wish, yeah. I just wish that Bobby had showed up this week with something to say. I, mean, I, he, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> he's just not. He's got way more juice now in the middle of the season than he did for the season opener. He's, he's fired up, and I love that. I know. Well, and I get what he's saying, though. I get how we talked about last week about them making plays. I think they're thinking so hard about trying to <laughs> – execute the play and make it happen, then just you got to kind of live in the moment and just take what you can get and focus on being aggressive, like you said. So um, I think we just need to focus more on that because it will never be the perfect situation for the play to work out perfectly. It just doesn't work like that. That's why it's football. But I mean, is it more of a call that's making these guys think more? I I mean, I don't feel like they're doing a ton of different things. Once they're on the field and they're set, instead of, you know, rushing 11 people on and off the field, when they're out there and the ball is snapped, is it that confusing for these guys to I, play fast? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there was some ambiguity maybe up front about what exactly is supposed to happen. And so the picture has never been the same. And so mm-hmm. you've, you've had a hard time maybe being as aggressive. And I know against Oregon, there was a lot of times D-linemen were getting cut out of gaps and maybe guys weren't fitting where they were supposed to. And so it's like, well, I'm supposed to go here. But this is open, and the running back's going over there. So it's like, ah, uh, redirecting. Mm-hmm. Is my guy going to get there? I don't know. You have to trust that your guys are going to be in the right place. Big trust. Woo-woo. Big trust. You got to be able to get that done. Like, hey, you want to go for it? Let's go. Let's roll. You got to be able to have that trust in the rest of the, the other 10 guys out there. That's why they always joke, like, do your 111th. Defense only works if all 11 guys are doing what they're supposed to do. You can have 10 guys playing great ball and mm-hmm. one guy not doing it, mm-hmm. and that could be from the defensive line, linebacker, secondary, doesn't matter, and you could be getting gashed because I don't want to say some guys may be selfish. Maybe they're, maybe they're unsure. I, I don't know. I'm not exactly positive. Maybe there's physical limitations to what you're asking them to do. You know, there's a, a multitude of things. but And also, we're talking about guys who – this is still only their third game of playing. It, mm-hmm. Exactly. But the standard, Nicole, the standard is the standard. Nope. The standard, standard is nope. the best player that plays that position. I do not agree with that well, at all. Why? Okay. Because it, you can't... You when you can't. retire, Nicole, you'll be the standard director <laughs> at Roosters, all right? I get that, but you have to give room for them to learn. That's how people get better. And you can't... I mean, you're right. Like, the shoes, they you're expecting these guys, uh, CJ Stroud, to fill the shoes of Justin Fields that we just watched last season. There's no way that can happen. Justin had been there. He had already gone through his growing pains of learning through each game. And let alone, none of these guys played in games last year with fans. You know, the schedule was off. So... We just have to give them room to learn. And it, I know that's hard for everyone. I had that conversation this weekend with people. You know, just they expect to see the Buckeyes look the way they looked over the past few years. It's it's a newer team. It's younger guys. And so they're going to grow so much in these next couple of years. But, I mean, it's the start of it for them. We, we can learn with, like, B pluses and, like, Bs and B minus, maybe a C plus. But when we start dipping below that, Nicole, like, I'm beginning, and then the, the the grades don't seem to always be getting any getting better. That's the other thing. Yeah. I need to see 
just, it, it can be gradual and subtle, but just a little linear acceleration here. We're like, <laughs> hey, we're starting to see some things work out. Well, I mean, you could say the run game. And we held I mean, them to under, you know, what, 40 yards rushing. So that was good, even though they, yeah, like you said, really didn't try. really try. But they didn't try because when they did, there was nothing there, right? So maybe that's our, you know, one little step up the hill that we're seeing from our defense. But if you look at this defense right now, I, I would say that you're talking about B's versus C's. And when you start dipping below that. Nick Saban talks about the these. underclassmen. <laughs> yeah, yes, he does. The underclassmen are playing at a at a B or C level right now, and that's a that's a encouraging C. The upperclassmen on this defensive side are not playing up to their potential. Some of them aren't playing at all. Seven if, banks. You know, if if I had to to just make a, a blunt uh, assessment of this defense right now, the the older guys right now are holding this young defense back. Because they're not getting pressure on the quarterback, they're out of assignment at, at linebacker. They're you know not playing up to their potential or not getting on the field because they weren't practicing well. In like seven banks, like the young guys, Cameron Martinez, Denzel Burke, uh, JT Tuimaloa, Tyleek Williams, like these guys are playing really well. Yeah. And there are parts of this defense that are playing well, but when you get this collective as a unit. They just don't look like they're in sync, and I think that starts with the leaders on this team. Like Haskell Garrett is the one uh, upperclassman I can point to on that defense right now and say that guy's playing really well, and he's playing still at an All-American level. But I think it's being masked by some of these other guys just not playing up to their potential. Mm-hmm. They got to get this upperclassman thing figured out because the young guys are pushing for time, and at one, at some point you just got to let them all well, play yeah, more. Figure it out. At some point you got to let these young guys in the game and just let them go. Mm-hmm. I think that's the hardest part, and I told this to to Spencer and and Berm. On Saturday night, uh, we're leaving the stadium. There are elements of both of what you two are saying. If if I'm trying to judge Ohio State by four-time defending Big Ten champion, college football playoff contender, national title contender, this team is not meeting that standard. Well, good news There's, is not many other teams in college well, that football is also either. That's correct, and I think that it's important to keep that in mind, that Ohio State is not the only team in the country on any given Saturday, and Alabama nearly lost. I know that's where we always draw the comparison. Clemson. Nearly lost. Well, so which yeah, we'll yes. we'll have that conversation later on about which which issue is more glaring. But the part that Nicole is saying that I am starting to get there myself. Oh like, goodness! How am Nicole, I? the persuader over here. But no, I'm saying you're both correct. I'm saying that they are not meeting the Ohio State standard that I am used to covering over the last decade. But is it fair to expect that from the team that is dealing with all the issues that she described and is playing so many? young players on defense and has a young and injured quarterback leading the <laughs> offense, like maybe I just have to adjust what this – I thought this was a team that could win the national championship this year, and maybe well, it still can. Well, you got to remember this. Maybe this, it still can. The standard has been we've lost how many first-round cornerbacks, and it just the next year seemed to be somebody. Right. How many defensive ends? Next year just seemed to be somebody. Yeah. That wasn't going to continue to happen, just like Justin Fields last year having one incompletion through the first two games or whatever it was. That – that doesn't happen. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's it's insane the the you know the way this program ha- was going this way. I mean, you're not going to keep hitting on every single person that you bring in. I just didn't think that the plat- plateau or or any dip or would what, go that would, yeah. would come right now. I didn't. Now maybe I should have, but I didn't. So I think you might be onto something. Lower expectations. <laughs> 70, I'm not asking them to lower the expectations. The 70, That's not what I'm saying. The 75,000 people <laughs> yeah. in attendance may agree with you, <laughs> and the 25,000 empty seats may agree to those lower expectations. Okay. Well, my point wasn't you that inside the, the, the ones that left my th- point throughout was, the game. was that inside the Woody, I'm not 
I know where you're coming from, that you cannot accept less if you're ever going to do what you hope to do in that building. Outside, when we sit there and look at it, maybe you recalibrate what you're expecting to see. Now, I think on both cases, 41-20 against Tulsa is down here. Okay, I'm not accepting that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it was good. I, I'm, it was uncomfortable for me to watch. <laughs> I didn't like it. That's good. <laughs> I'm but expecting a lot more against Akron. But we still are going, because they won, we're going to go back to Buckeye Leaves. They are brought to you by Roosters, mm. which has $2 mozzarella sticks for Appetizer Tuesday <clears> this week. <throat> if there are any left that I don't take home for Liberty uh, after the show. Bob, do you want to go first, or would you like Nicole to go first? Because I know that she's going to take... Yo, let, let Nicole Let her do Because okay. I, I need her positive attitude to <laughs> rub off on me. I'm a pretty positive guy. You are. And I, I do agree with the fact, and with you, Bobby us holding and you being a Buckeye and playing for the team and having kind of more of that coaching outlook is that you do have to keep that standard high or else you won't be the Buckeyes. I totally get that. I do that with myself. I do. I completely understand that. So I'm glad you brought that up. And now I can kind of understand where you're coming from a little bit better. But I do still agree from standing on the outside, us as fans, like that we just have to lower it just a little bit and not, you know, step back on them. So with all of that being said, <laughs> I just had to make sure I got that. Yeah, th- I said that. Close the book. Um, we, I think Trayvon Henderson, obviously, he was the star of the show. Yeah. He did absolutely unbelievable for the game. He had 24 carries, 277 yards. How many touchdowns was it? Three? Three, Three. Three touchdowns. Three. So um, great job by him. Breaks a 49-year-old record. That was held by a two-time Heisman. Archie Heisman Griffin. What? Uh, that, that, that's a long that's time, big time for a record to stand and a, and a big-time name to break. So, uh, sorry, Archie. Uh, you did the best you could for a long time. Yeah, you held on. At least, you have, you, at least you have a Heisman for each hand. Yes, mm-hmm. that he does. I'm sure he cares about that a little bit more. Justin, would you like to throw somebody out there? I, this a, no, I don't want to give a Buckeye <laughs> leaf to anybody else. I, I think he was the only bright hey, star. When of the, they lose, of the day. I get it that you guys don't do it. This is a winning. The I mean, I, okay. champions. I'll, I'll give mine collectively to one. the yeah. offensive there line. There we go. Okay, because they, you know, he doesn't get those yards without. You know, he'd be the first to tell you without the big guys up front. They, uh, you know, maybe had some questions going into that game based off their performance in the Oregon game. They seem to have got something together. And, you know, they've done a decent job of keeping CJ upright throughout the year. And then 277 yards, <laughs> breaking records with a freshman. The O-line did something right. So I'll, I'll give it out to them today. Um, I want to pick someone not so obvious as well. Ooh, yes. So I, and I know a lot of you are not going to agree with me on this, but I want to give it to CJ Stroud. I want to give it to him because each game the pressure is <sighs> gets heavier and heavier on him to be – Justin Fields, yeah. you know, to be the star and let alone to be playing with a hurt shoulder. Like, I think we need to take into consideration that playing through pain. I, I just think it's absolutely amazing that these guys can do that. I know a lot of football players do it. They never complain about it, but I think maybe I'm just a baby. I know that if I had like a sprained ankle, I don't even know if I'd come in today because I'd be like, this is going to be, it's going to be too hard. Easier. You know, you've had had two kids. So I mean, there's an element of pain there. Okay. I get that too. But still, I, I just, I think, and he's, he's just got the whole world, all the Buckeye fans looking at him right now. So I just want to give it to him this week. Done. I... I guess I'll, I'll look to the maybe one or two bright spots that I saw on the defense. Um, Cam Brown, I think, played pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, he got his hands on a lot of balls. 
did a good job. And this is a guy coming off a torn Achilles. Like that's real. Struggled, you know, didn't play week one, trying to get back in there. And he's the one veteran guy that's kind of a stabilizing force. You know, Seven Banks isn't playing. Josh Proctor's gone. Like he's kind of the lone guy in there now that has like yeah. big time game experience. And we all remember when he came in. Was it? In re- who was it in relief for a couple years ago? Two years ago at Michigan State. When, uh, when Okuda, was it Jeffrey, yeah. was out? Yeah, and came in, played really well. And so, I mean, showing that he still has that. And then I think Cameron Martinez, you know, those are the two guys who did a good job. Young guy, he hasn't really played at all, stepped up, pick six. And we talked about him being a dual threat. I know, you know bird-dogged him all over Michigan <laughs> and talked about what he can do offensively. Of all the shows for Berm to miss, yes. the <laughs> credit out. two days yeah. after Cameron Buckeye Martinez – Gets an a interception and an assist on the other one to Ronnie Hickman, and he's not here. Uh, it's, that's he loved a, he loved him. That's too. probably a good thing. The show wouldn't have been safe for work <laughs> he, if he was here to talk about. He he loved he loved Martinez. I mean, uh, more than any recruit I can ever recall. Exactly, and so those two guys like <laughs> put it together. And so those are some bright spots, like a veteran who's playing appropriate. And what you would expect, and then a young guy who's maybe turning some heads who might get some more action here coming up. Needs to I. To me, it also, I'll let Spencer take his pick here, but also the fact that you have these mass substitutions and these crazy packages, and Cam Martinez wasn't involved in them for the first two weeks, and everybody else is playing. I just, I sit there, I'm so confused about what I'm watching every week. I just, well, I've never felt, yeah, I yeah. am. Okay. That's what I, they're trying to I do. I just am. Yeah. Other than the miscommunication on the, the, uh, the bunch set there, Cameron Martinez, I don't think he was out of position on any play. He was where he was supposed to be, and like you said, it takes 11 guys to do their 111th, but he's doing his 111th. And when you do it correctly, you get rewarded. And with three pass breakups, an interception, and a touchdown, like that's a reward for him playing really well. I agree there. I'm going to take... Was page. he the point guy on the bunch? I, I, I think he was. I was trying to see the number, and it was, was tough to see when I was trying to play it back. That's, that hurts. But he uh, here's the other thing. He, he, did, he came right out, out of the gate. Burm was down, standing by the locker room waiting for him and not going upstairs to the press conference just to talk to Cam. And, and rather than talking about the pick and the other deflection, he said he wa- missed the tackle, wanted that back, yeah. and then the miscommunication with Lathan. Those are the two things that he you – know, Good. Burm did, nice. did Own it. I like about, that. But he owned that right Young away. guy taking ownership. That's what, that's what you want to see on this defense. It's I'm dude a, on dude accountability. Burm dude on dude. Martinez. I'm going to take a page out of Schlegs' book because i got a couple guys that I want to – Oh, boy. Here oh, we go. boy. We've like, pretty much named anybody that's played well, so <laughs> – Tyleek Williams Look, yeah, he, was in the backfield yeah. three or four times. Mm-hmm. As a true freshman, I didn't expect him to play a lot uh, coming in because I thought this defensive line was was a pretty deep unit. I think it's more deep than it is uh, productive. It, it, there's a lot of guys, little production. He's more fre- depth than girth. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's a freshman that needs to be on the field. Like if he's going to be that 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 <laughs> that guy who makes havoc in the backfield, put him on the field and let him go. JT Tuomaloa. Another guy. Really he's good. in the backfield. He's yeah. knocking guys on their on their butts for, at offensive tackle. That's not easy to do for a freshman defensive end, and he's making it look really easy. And he, he looks really good. Denzel Burke is third in the country right now. Mm-hmm. In pass breakups like that. That's a. True Are you going to leave anyone for me to talk that's about? That's real. So that's. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into detail. Just he slikes you, man. You're done. <laughs> he did. I should be used to it. Yeah. Denzel, it's been a while, way, though. You, you know, can yeah. give one to the officials for the. the I'm call, not going to the call on that. <laughs> well, that's the worst the catch. That was the most inexplicable replay decision I think that I've ever seen. Mind blowing. It was awesome. They <laughs> come back. I'm like, just he had possession. Like, hit him, hit him, in, hit him in the chest. He had possession. We show. I'm they, like, if you lay a mannequin on the football field and put a ball on top of him, is that considered yeah, possession? Yeah. I mean, like, that was wild. It was touching him, but I don't think anyone ever mm. confused that with actually. No, his hands were here, the but the ball was never in him. It was more in his arms. And they were showed it in the press box. I, and then on, I was watching it on Spencer's laptop. 
We just kept rewinding it over and over during the review. I was like, there's, there's literally no way that they could get this overturned. And then he came back about out. that surprise, like, especially because they called it interception on the field, yeah. right? Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it was overturned, indisputable. And that's what they're like. Well, look like when you touch him, he's down. I'm like, and it's kind of a fifty-fifty call. Like, <laughs> but I thought it had to be like over fifty to flip it. You know, conclusive, indisputable, indisputable yeah. conclusive video evidence. I don't know. I was absolutely. Ryan looked pretty happy about it on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, he was thrilled. And I was absolutely. I wish Urban would have been there for that call because you would have been able to maybe get someone had to go get his headset from like row ten as he turned and threw it up into the stands. Did you say Jack Sawyer when you were naming all the other players? He didn't play that much again on Saturday, but when he did, you could tell that anyone trying to block him was going to have their hands full. And literally with his jersey, I think he drew two holding calls, Mm -hmm. which you have to be. Why isn't he playing more then, Austin? I don't know. I, I thought Tyreek Smith actually played pretty well on mm-hmm. Saturday. Um, Javante John Baptiste not playing quite as well as I expected. Zach Harrison was hurt and didn't play. Um, so I really thought that Jackson would play way more reps on Saturday than he did. But I don't know, you know, JTT is ahead of him, I guess, at this point, and he's playing well. I think it's definitely this week you have to turn them both loose as much mm-hmm. as possible, and we'll see what they can do. I mean, Tyreek Smith, his numbers would be a lot better if – Left tackles weren't allowed to wrap their arms around his throat. <laughs> yeah. um, you mean that's not get, legal? Get it? Well, it is if it's Tyreek <laughs> Smith. I, I, I didn't know that that was in the rule yeah. book, but apparently that's the case. Um, so the the pressure is not there. But I've seen Tyreek Smith doing things that are encouraging and good. And certainly the freshmen, I think there's a lot of potential for them. Um, you know, maybe the maybe it's a situation where they need more from the three tech I, I don't know the scary thing is though there was a lot of passing downs right yeah, yeah. I mean well, last was. week I get it because you know the RPOs not sure if it's a run pass but this week I mean the guy threw for 430 yards yeah. and they did not run the ball well so it's like you're pinning your ears and you're coming and we still aren't getting home and that was the weird part too about feeling as if the secondary had played better mm-hmm. and getting their hands on two and a half three footballs yeah. depending on and the quarterback sitting back there all day yeah, you know it's hard to defend back yeah, there it's interesting Nicole um a primetime game against Akron. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be a massive crowd in the horseshoe for this one. Everyone has been waiting for a night game to get those fireworks popping. Uh, you've got an in-state opponent. Mm, in-state. Just a lot of intrigue. Mm-hmm. A.K. Rowdy. One. And a 53-point spread as we sit here. What are you? Uh, what's the Nicole Cox Roosters accurate prediction of the week? Well, guys, I was really excited because I thought my prediction last week was forty-one twenty-one, and I was telling everyone that I was one <laughs> point off, and I realized that's what I picked for the first game. So, I'm gonna pick fifty-three twelve. I don't know what I'm sticking with fifty-three. I just it's gonna just be like a score. It. Yeah, it's, works for me. Roosters Bowl giveaway. Yes, we're still doing that. I have to call the third week winner today. And um, I met our first week winner. He's super excited. So everybody just keep registering. It's a new winner every week. Fresh hey, slate. The Buckeyes only need four more wins, Nicole, to become bowl eligible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to get there. Be, mm-hmm. be halfway there after Saturday night, according mm-hmm. to Nicole's prediction. So yes. file that one away. Appetizer Tuesday coming for mozzarella sticks. Those are $2. Mm. Register for the Roosters Bowl giveaway at the first available moment that you have. You can Roosterswings.com. Single week at Roosterswings.com. Thanks, Bobby. What, what do they get with that, Bob? So it's interesting. You obviously get the two tickets to the game. Uh-huh. You get air for, airfare and then deluxe hotel. Mm, deluxe yeah. hotel. Two tickets. Mm-hmm. So you and a friend, mm. if you're looking for deal. companionship, Pretty it's incredible. fantastic. You're looking for companionship. One every yeah. week. Or One if you already week. have a companion. Well, mm-hmm. you know, or if you want to take someone new. I, I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. Who's to say? Yeah. yeah. You got two. 
We're going to let Nicole Cox get out of here. We're going to talk a lot more about what happened on Saturday, what Ohio State needs to correct for this mass. Yeah, we're going to. (laughs) Just get into your salad, and we'll get there. We'll be fine. We're going to be right back. It's uh, Letterman Live, and it's brought to you by Roosters, which is a fun, casual joint. And now with some early bowl predictions, Bobby Carpenter. Well, Austin, what I'm seeing here is 12 lucky Roosters guests are getting the opportunity to travel to this year's Buckeye Bowl game. Each trip comes complete with two tickets, airfare, and hotel. One prize winner will be chosen each week. Guests need to register weekly at roosterswings.com. That's great, Bobby. What I was asking was your prediction for the Buckeyes this bowl season. I have no idea. I'm going to Roosters right now to register. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to Letterman Live. This is brought to you by Roosters. Uh, Bob just absolutely devoured a salad, clearly hungry because he was only eating moths over the weekend. Yeah, the moths have a lot of protein, you know, it's part of the keto diet. I mean, it's perfect for you. And they fly right in. You just open your mouth. Didn't even, yeah. It's I, just easy peasy. Didn't even need arms. Yeah, yeah. They were fully engaged doing other things and just those moths right in the, for, right mm. in the beak. For people who don't get that reference, tell, the, tell everyone what you saw. Over the weekend, you were on assignment. You weren't with us at weekend kickoff. So I've had uh, some of the ESPN Friday night games. Actually, I have another one this week, and I think that might be it for a while. But uh, did the Bishop Gorman, the Haskell Garrett's, yep. you know, high school, uh, Tate Martell, more importantly. The, the Tate Martell. The. He was his slinging high, it this weekend. Yeah, his high school, they, they traveled from Vegas to Phoenix to take on Hamilton, which is uh, right outside of Tempe. Their quarterback, uh, Nico Marchio, is going to West Virginia. And Bishop, you know, they went down and scored. It's tied 7-7 early on. And then, I mean, Bishop Gorman has like a 1,000 great players. And I say that That's like tongue-in-cheek. I mean, they literally have seven guys in the ESPN Top 300. I mean, their guys are fantastic. So their talent eventually begins to take over. They have the Branch brothers who are both offered here. One's a safety, one's a corner or one's a receiver. The one that's a receiver ran a 10-3-500 as a sophomore. Oh, my Jeez. gosh. <clears throat> he looked like it on the field, too. Yeah. Unbelievably fast. Justin, there was, I was telling Austin, they threw a seven route to him. It looked like they overthrew him by five yards. Nope. He, he it. it was enough arc. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Tracked it down, laid out one hand caught. I'm like, this guy's good. He's not very <laughs> big. He's only 5'9", but he can play. But anyway, Bishop Gorman was up 24-7, to seven. With about a minute and 40 left, minute 30 left, you know, uh, Hamilton drives down, gets a field goal. I'm like, all right, you know, 24-10. You it's got the field goal at the end of the game. It looks respectable. Yeah. I'm like, all right, they're going to kick it onside. You have a minute left. Maybe you get it. You get another, you know, touchdown. It's like, it kind of looks like the Buckeye game. It looks a little better than it actually felt. <laughs> anyway, they kick it onside kick. They go three plays later. They get it. They go down and score. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, 
Well, <clears throat> when they did the onside that you can't do in, the, in college or the NFL because you have to have so many guys spaced out over the field. But in high school, you can still have those guys all inside the hash and run just the 10 dudes down the pipe. At right, one guy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and they wanted nothing to do with it. And the, their head coach uh, – is the special teams coach as well. And so he brings them over. I'm like, you better get that coached up. But I guarantee he's yelling at all of them like, hey, someone's got to go attack the ball and attack these players. They kick it again. Get it again. Mm. And their quarterback, you know, they get it back to Marquio. Hamilton's driving again. They throw a great little F angle. They run like seven, flat seven on both sides, one-on-one. Whoosh, whoosh. Does a great job. Goes and gets it. And I'm like, you better go for two because if you give them the ball back, you have zero chance of being able to stop them. They were pounding. Gorman was pounding them. And so they go for two, they run a rollout, and they lost the edge. May have been a holding on the defensive end. They didn't call it. And their Marchio dives, lays out the West Virginia commit, gets to the corner, man, and they win that thing. There's eight seconds left, 25-24. is absolutely unbelievable. I didn't remember. I, you had told me that you were doing a game. I didn't know that that was the exa- I started seeing the highlights pop up. like, you got to see this comeback with a minute and a half mm-hmm. left in yep, high school. Same game. here. I'm like, well, that voice sounds familiar. Yeah. So it was tough because I woke up. The next day, I did my show for XM. I did the morning juice that day. You were yeah. right. A nice three to That's six. That's a nice 3 a.m. Uh, yeah, radio call. Huh? Did you even go to bed? Or you just stay up and, and rock it on through. Um, mm. yeah, what well, we know about Tim? I did. Tempe, he probably came no. right in and uh, I did get some fired sleep. up the computer. Well, because I had a nine thirty flight and then uh, I had a nine thirty flight and I wanted to be awake for the flight. Normally, I'd sleep the whole time, but I wanted to watch uh, Miami and Michigan State, and then also I wanted to watch. Uh, who else was on at that? Ball? Oh, Cincinnati and uh, Cincinnati and Indiana. And Indiana. Yeah. Like those were the early games. Heck of a game. And so you know, thankfully there's internet on the plane, clicking back and forth, watching those two. So I had to stay awake. <laughs> so I had to get like some sleep. So I rocked about like five and a half hours for Thursday and Friday night sleeping. You don't sleep anyway. Um, I love sleeping. Mm. So let's get back into this with the Buckeyes. That's what people. Let's are talk here. about the other. The Big Ten had a great weekend. Did they? Michigan State. They did beat down three and fake, zero. Fake fighting good, Mel Tucker's fake good Miami, who was supposed to be like the challenger in the ACC to Clemson, just yeah, destroyed that w- them. Worked out well. Yeah. At least we know in September this year. Usually they make it through this this month. <laughs> they beat some bad teams, <laughs> well, and it's like yeah. all right. And and then They're all of a sudden, pick. Michigan State dominated them. And then uh, you had Auburn getting taken care of by mm-hmm. Penn State. Whiteout looking good, packed house, very robust yeah. environment. So that was fantastic. And then Minnesota just smacking the Buffaloes. Yeah. You know, P.J. Fleck looking good. Then, honestly, Nebraska looked very, yeah, they, yeah. very admirable. They had a chance. They had the ball at the end of the game. Yeah, they were down 24 uh, – they were 24-point dogs. And, you know, it's a seven-point game. Yeah, yeah. You got to feel good about yeah. that. And they had the ball with over a minute that, to go. That seems like it's more of an indictment than Oklahoma than it is a praise for but Nebraska. But they were but supposed to be a team I, like Ohio State that's elite and at the top yeah. of the heap. And none of those teams really are since Alabama also struggled – and I guess the point that I was going to make was Clemson's offense is absolutely terrible. Mm. Just it wasn't a fluke, and it wasn't just Georgia in Week One. So or Georgia's defense. Which is problem yeah. would be more concerning, Ohio State's defense or Clemson's offense? Spencer, <laughs> it's Clemson's offense. I mean, Ohio, I know, but I, their defense is good, so they're they're at least in are, games. Are, if, they, are if, they though? Well, no, I mean, I guess I don't even know. I who mean, they I, play. I guess I can explain. Georgia, this. Georgia had no wide receivers. Georgia Tech, they just beat right. Yeah, but Georgia Tech is not good. Let yeah. me expl- no. I mean, it was what fourteen to eight or something. Yes, <laughs> allow me a, to explain. A real beauty. Well, <laughs> all right, sorry, Spence. Allow me to explain myself here. I can find some redeeming qualities on the Ohio State defense. I've, I just named a bunch of freshmen who are playing really well. There's some promise there. 
there's a couple of veterans that that I think still have a, a chance to be on the All American list, even on the defense that's not playing very well. This Clemson offense is horrendous. The offensive line can't block anyone. The wide receivers are dropping passes. The running backs are like three deep, and they're all average. And the quarterback is supposed to be like the next Cam Newton, and he looks like he's lost in space. Like I can like find a, some, like a ball in high grass. <laughs> yeah, I can find some redeeming qualities in this Ohio State defense. Clemson's offense to me right now looks a little hopeless, and and you you can see what Ohio State's trying to do defensively, and you can see that. In my opinion, I think by the middle of October, you're not going to want to play this defense at all because I think they're going to be on the right track. I'm not seeing much progress with this Clemson offense, and that that's pretty concerning to me. For a long time, Clemson always had you know the, the Sammy Watkins, the who T Higgins guys like these tall six four receivers mm-hmm. that were great, and then you know they had a number of quarterbacks, and I think you know then having Travis Etienne and, and Trevor Lawrence, I think kind of masks mm-hmm. masks some of those issues a little bit. And one of the big problems, I think, with Clemson, like we talked, is their defense good? Georgia Tech had the ball. They had, it took a goal line stand that they had to stop yeah. them, or else Georgia Tech would have had been a two-point conversion away from tying that game. Yeah. And no one's confusing Georgia Tech with an offensive juggernaut. No, they are And Georgia, Georgia was down all these receivers. So I think what we're seeing in college football right now is the teams at the top aren't as good as what we thought. And then the teams that maybe some of the middle-tier teams are probably a lot better. You know... Mm-hmm. Um, Maryland's victory over West Virginia looks pretty darn good now. You know, well, their be, be, their their escape against Illinois doesn't. Well, <laughs> and yeah, and you're right. I mean, Illinois, you know, they they obviously beat Nebraska, and then they've kind of fallen fallen apart. I, but no one, I, I never. Gave, I understand your point. I, just, I never thought Illinois was very good anyway. Right. You know, and, they should have won that game if it wasn't for the most bizarre final drive from Burt that I've ever seen. You know what? It's last minute. Let's go ahead and just give away 37 yards of field position. Make it as easy as possible for Mike Loxley, who couldn't have done it himself. Let's give him all the help he needs. You want to hear about the Big Ten right now? The Big Ten looks really good right now as a a collective. (laughs) Penn State looks good. Michigan, Michigan State. The Big Ten East looks very very solid. Iowa looks good. Rutgers is, I think Rutgers is 3-0. All of this is, is leading to... Somebody's going to get plus odds on Ohio State to win the Big Ten, and they're going to make a lot of money because this Ohio State. Do you team, think they'll get plus odds? Tell me mm. when you see that because I'll. I saw this morning Ohio State is at neg- is at minus one eighty to win the Big Ten, and their Penn State is at like plus two sixty. It's coming. Ohio, I like that. Even even after a just play bad for a couple more, yeah, one after, more week. Just don't cover against Akron. Listen, even after a blowout win against Akron. This, the what if it's a two-score game against Akron? Do you think that might flip the odds? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, you know what? When you see that little <laughs> plus sign beside the number on Ohio State. I like that. Man, I don't know. You're more confident than I am. Well, if the other option is putting your hard-earned dollars on James Franklin, God help Or Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> okay. Couldn't be me. Yeah. That's why they play the games. We'll see. Clemson's offense or Ohio State's defense, Jay-Z? Neither. Yeah, I don't like either of those. I mean, I <laughs> I didn't say I, I mean, like Spencer is much more optimistic about our defense than than I am. Um, I think we saw some freshmen shine late in the game, which I mean, we wore this team down. You knew that was going to happen. That always happens with a smaller team. We just keep rotating and wears them down. Some freshmen made some big plays towards the end of the game. Do they continue to build on that? We'll see. Do they continue to get the playing time? We'll see. We've been rotating guys in and out. All, all season long. Yeah. So um, do they become comfortable? Do they become somebody that can go in a full game? We'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm just not that sold on them right now. I want to be, but, you know, coming into the season, we thought we were going to have all this stuff answered, and yeah. we have more answers now after week three, I feel like, than 
we we did a last year in a year where guys were out and we were missing a bunch of people and you know the weird was year was just weird i think the one thing when i talk about my confusion with this team i know that the things that they tried on saturday were signs that they are they're significant things like they're open to change yeah that they're 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 actually working on this if you're going to after two weeks take the headset away from Kerry combs and send him up to the press box that's a significant significant shake that's not where you want to be after two weeks i don't know the exact number of times that they played with two high safeties on the field and in traditional look but i know it was more than zero Mm -hmm. The number of blitzes, I didn't count them up, but I know it was more than zero. They did bring pressure a couple so times. So they did three things, and then they played some younger players. and So they tried, and it wasn't perfect, but I also didn't expect it to be one week later. They hit your number exactly, 20 points allowed. So when you saw the things that Ohio State tried, including with Kerry Combs and Matt Barnes, Bob, like, what do you make of that, and can that work? I think when you're going through a process, you know, they were going to have some mistakes still, still but – when you start to change a little bit of philosophically how you play, you know, and this isn't like they're putting in a ton of new stuff. Like they've practiced these things. It's just a matter of calling them and, and when you call them and the frequency of which you call them. But you're going to change, you know, fundamentally kind of how you operate a little bit. There's going to be a learning curve there. The players have to get used to playing like downhill if you're going to start bringing pressure and, you know, if you're going to start playing a little more zone and doing some things. And so I think that from what I saw, like there was some encouraging stuff. Like, there were some, still some mistakes and things that happened. But honestly, like, 20 points, yeah, they gave up 500 yards. That's terrible. I'm like, it's the same thing I said last week with the offense. Yards don't count. You can't go anywhere and exchange 100 yards for a touchdown. That exchange does not exist. Okay? It's not like a currency swap. And so it's how many points do you ultimately score? You don't want to have teams obviously driving up and down the field on you. But at the same point in time, I'd rather have them drive and not be able to convert and get in the end zone. So... I saw some encouraging signs. I don't know if – I mean, can you shut out Akron? Is that a thing? Could that happen? I mean, I know it could. It could. But, I mean – Probably uh, should. I, I should should they? Is that the expectation? Man. I think you guys – I thought we could have shut out a Tulsa team that didn't have a high-powered offense coming in in that first drive. Yeah. How many how many 90-yard drives or well, close to 90-yard drives did they put together? I mean, they kicked a field goal and fourth and one on the three-yard line. It's, you can be as pessimistic as you want. I, uh, well, they weren't confident in the run game. Well, well run they didn't, so yeah. Tough. I mean, well. <laughs> <laughs> there are high school teams that I would take over Akron in this country right now. Bishop Gorman? Okay. Like, IMG Academy. Like, there are high school teams right now that could compete with that. Like, Akron That's is you like saying that Alabama's going to go no, beat no, the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean. Akron is bad. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm a Mac fan. I love the Mac. Akron is very, very bad. Who did Western Michigan? Did they just beat? They just beat somebody. Pitt beat Tennessee, hey. your beloved Vols. Hey. Well, I know that their reigning champion got their asses kicked in Laramie last <laughs> week, so that's all that matters to me. <laughs> and Akron is bad. Remember that. Okay. Well, so maybe cool. maybe the expectation should be a shutout then. Sorry, it's bad. I'm sorry. The expectation, well, they lost You know, Frank, fearless Frankie. Without their leader, it's it's tough. But maybe that's expect- Chives doesn't want me to get started We're on this. We're not going to get started on this. This is an Ohio State <laughs> show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to ask Bob a question. Not to jump off. Do it. I mean, it's, it's on target for Ohio State. Who was your defense coordinator? Your junior junior year? Junior year was Mark Snyder. Snyder. Yeah. How weird would it be two weeks in saying, hey, Snyder, you're not calling this defense anymore. We got... Somebody else calling this. I honestly would feel bad as a player 
because especially if that guy was the one and he was like the linebacker coach before, yeah. so mm-hmm. he was involved in us. It's like we may not necessarily love what you're doing, and this wasn't the case. And our defense did struggle that year. Um, we, we struggled a little bit as a team. Oh yeah, for sure. But I would I'm just say saying it's got to be a weird no, dynamic in the locker like room, that, right? I mean, for these kids, we're not, we didn't get it done for you as a coach. Mm-hmm. Like that's on us. Yeah. I mean, every call works if you if you if go you out and execute. It. There's some that might be better or more mm-hmm. ideal, but every call works. There's going to be weaknesses. It's just can you you know make sure that you stay away and try to mitigate some of those. I think it's probably a little different. I, I honestly don't think that there's been like a massive change in the voice and you know what they're doing. I think Barnes and they're Coles, not making Coombs sit in the corner. Well, yeah, I don't think other that's, are coaching. I don't think that's the case. You know, I, it's just got to be a weird dynamic. I mean, week three, you got a new, yeah. you know, someone calling play. That's it'd be strange to me. The but, part that I find interesting but, about it, Bob, before you finish that up, I, just the dynamic of them switching places. I thought that does person, happen though a lot. That happens more than you think. But the person that goes upstairs, I would have thought, well, the guy that's upstairs is called the defense. The plays, right? That's typically usually people call things from the box. Like Kevin Wilson's in the box. Yeah, you have right. a better view of stuff. Matt Barnes, like, that's what people made a big deal about this. Switching, and I'm like, well, Kerry's probably better on the sidelines. And Barnes, I, I don't know. I've that's never why seen I don't him. get it, because, like, Kerry is the juice Yeah, bringer. the juice guy, yeah. And, and, like, Barnes probably had a lot of input on what was going on, because you can only see so many things from ground level. You're relying a lot on what players tell you, and then you rely on what the guys tell you upstairs. Like, right. hey, these are the splits they're giving us. This is what yep. they're doing. Hey, our guy didn't get over. He didn't get off the hash and cover two. Whatever it is, you can see it all. And so I guarantee you, Kerry relied a lot on that, because he does. those are the eyes upstairs. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the case for offense, yeah. defense, everything. There's coaches that like to be more in the action, and then there's coaches that like to be pulled out of the action and be able to stay in a stale environment, and they're looking at it all, and they can be calm and cool and deliver the information. And so it's just, it's kind of ironic when they said, well, they're flipping, and he's coming down now. I'm like, he could call, make the call. If you want to make the calls, he, he can make the calls from upstairs. Like, yeah. you don't necessarily need to just have... Yeah, whoever's on the field doesn't have to call the plays. It can be... The GAs and guys are signaling them in anyway. Like, it's not like... Does it really matter who's the one making signals? Like, that, that doesn't matter to me at all. Yeah. I just thought that was a strange dynamic. It is. They basically just did... Each other's job. Yeah, just sw- complete swap. But I didn't understand. I thought, well, maybe the thing they realized was that they needed someone in the calm... I've you know, you're talking about how many, the vast majority of coordinators I know defensively like to be up there. Mm-hmm. It's quiet. It's managed. You know, you get to focus on the game. You can see the whole picture. Uh, well, maybe they realized that that's what they needed to change. And have, you know, We've even seen that offensively. And they did that, you know, back in 2015. Oh, yeah. The, the, that we don't need to go. Like, we've seen that before, and that was my expectation. All right, well, let's just shift some responsibility upstairs yeah. and let Kerry – do what he does, it does from fire up, but they didn't ask me. So yeah, <laughs> I mean there were maybe that's a question that you should have asked Coach Day. I have questions, and are, this week I'm mostly worried, worried, curious about the quarterback situation. So well, that's a whole other ball game. There are plenty of different interesting dynamics that I saw from this defense that were way different. Like the two safeties is a step in the right direction because I think you have to show that look sometimes. The one that, that was really interesting to me was the nickel package where they had Craig Young up at the line of scrimmage and he would either attack the quarterback, spy him, or, or drop, he would, 40, or drop yards. 40 yards into coverage and just show a two-safety look after the snap, mm-hmm. which they didn't even seem to have before that, and now you're dropping a guy back there. Like a lot You of have this, guys that are athletic enough to do it. I don't know if they're confident in those guys because they're all inexperienced 
they don't really show. They don't move much on this defense at all. And I think it's part of it's all done. A lot of them have played and guys in positions where you can really mess with the quarterback as far as the safeties and <laughs> yeah. linebackers and how they're, yeah, they're too worried about being exactly where they need to be instead yeah. of maybe messing with him instead and of like, him thinking, oh, are they, what are they doing over here? They, 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 you never want to show something at the expense of your, mm-hmm. of your job and your responsibilities. So I think that might be part of it. And now it's like, hey, you've got guys that are athletic enough that they can show here and get over there do that because it's going to make the quarterback's job a lot more difficult than lining up and seeing a static picture and thinking, okay, yeah. there's my option. Yeah. And this, this is, is what these guys are going to do. These guys are going to stay here. I'm going to go here with the ball. And I think Craig Young is is that kind of guy who's athletic enough to play. He's a linebacker, but he's all, he can also is athletic enough to play safety. He's the kind of guy on this defense that can get to the quarterback in a in a spy situation. He can drop to play safety because he's got those instincts and those athletic that athleticism to mm-hmm. roam the field. He can come up and tackle and play linebacker like. That's the kind of guy that can really start to get this defense turned around because he's athletic. I think he kind of plays a little reckless, which is actually the kind of player they need on the field right mm-hmm. now. He's the I think he's wild think he's, card. You think, he, you think he's got an edge to <laughs> we him? We haven't had enough guys running wide open. We need a reckless guy out there. Maybe someone, yeah, but if he's willing to stab <laughs> well, it, dude. Well, maybe if he's we, willing to stab we didn't, <laughs> we didn't use that word last week. Reckless was hanging in reserve. I don't know if I'm going to say that he's going to stab a guy, but I heard quite a few different guys on the defensive side of the ball call They don't want to mess with him? They called him a dog. <laughs> yeah, no, that's he, perfect. He's a dog. <laughs> that's perfect. I knew We need dogs, not cats. You need some more dogs. Don't need no cats. (laughs) All right. Well, they've got a chance, another one, to improve on that defense, get things fixed on Saturday night against Akron. Just the lights on, the atmosphere, all day tailgating. I know Bob can't wait Mm. to get down there. I wish I would. I would love to go down and tailgate all day and go to that game if it was a game that warranted a a night kick. If that was Oregon, I would be super juiced. I wish that I could go to Akron at noon and get that thing over with, the bludgeoning, and then go home and watch other games. Yeah, that would be preferable. What's the lowest opponent you would like to see a night game for? I know it's not Akron, but what's like the lowest level opponent to see a night game for? Like ranking-wise? No, I'm saying like, would you watch Ohio State-Maryland at night? If Ohio Maryland State, was, right, if I think Maryland, it's gonna be a good game. Ball had no, yeah, that, those have been night games before. I don't know. Maryland has Rutgers. I yeah. know has. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. if Rutgers, Rutgers will if, be next week. if Rutgers, mm-hmm. if Rutgers comes in, you know what? If they're if they were ranked like twentieth and undefeated at that point, and they had like a, a decent win, I'd say okay. Like Maryland, well, they right. beat Michigan, right? If they beat Michigan, yeah, if they this beat week, Michigan, I, mean, that, that I would be, be fine. I'd be fine with that because that would warrant, I think, a night kick. You've got to have a team that has a little cachet. You can't just try to tell me it's a big game by putting it at night. Like That doesn't mean it's a real game. It's real, and I can't wait to be there. Another opportunity for Ohio State to get better. We appreciate Nicole Cox and Roosters, as always, for having us in here in the Letterman Lounge. That's Jay-Z, Justin Zwick, Bobby Carpenter, Spencer Holbrook. I am Austin Ward. A lot more coverage all week long on the Ohio State Buckeyes and all year long at LettermanRow.com. Thanks again. Come to Roosters tomorrow for Appetizer Tuesday or any day before get 7.30 kickoff. Mozzarella sticks. Get some food to go. Take it home. Come eat here. Watch the game. I don't care. Just involve Roosters <laughs> in your plans. And we'll be right back here next Monday for Letterman Live.